With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you. Start at ExpressPros.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom, what up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the sunny, somewhat sad city of Los Angeles, California. We'll get to the major, we'll get to the World Series in just a moment. Let me quickly tell you what's coming up this hour. Ed Werder always has more. We'll get you ready for Brocktober 25th. I don't know, I, I was just watching Fox Sports 1 getting ready for the show, and not only did Cowherd have a little uh, fun with Brock Osweiler trying to promote the game, but I was, I was actually watching um, during the commercials, uh, our friends at Fox TV, they said uh, the Houston Texans with one of the most dynamic combinations on offense. 
And then they go there and they got J.J. Watt and they got Nuke and they got Deshaun Watson and they got uh, taken on the Miami Dolphins, <laughs> right? who got rid of all of their big name players in the offseason. Still, it, it's going to be interesting considering this, uh, uh, this is a Miami team that's still kind of hanging around, coming off an overtime win over the Bears before the loss last week. They got off to the hot start, then came back down to earth, then the big win, surprising win over the Bears, the loss last week, still waiting for Ryan Tannehill. We'll see tonight. We'll get you ready with Ed Werder, who will join us upcoming in 15 minutes. A.J. Pruszynski is going to join us, World Series champ with the, with, uh, the White Sox. And we'll be on Fox Analyst. R.J. Bell will get us ready for the weekend. And Troy Aikman will join us in the third and final hour of the show. We'll get his thoughts, not just on tonight's game that he's calling on Fox and the NFL Network, but also, I want to get his thoughts on the changes that are being made in Dallas. Amari Cooper, new wide receiver, who, how cool is that? That he's going to go, he's going to get back, he's going to get two bye weeks instead of one. Anyway, a lot to get to. Let me start with what analytics is trying to convince us doesn't exist. If it, analytics tells us that pressure uh, can be calculated, analytics tells us that there is a calculation essentially for everything, even luck as a calculation. Analytics has tried to convince me for years, years, that, uh, for example, uh, that, there, that protection in the lineup doesn't exist. Right? That it doesn't really matter who hits in front of you or behind you. But last time I checked, this sport is not played by robots. And... When you have some of the most talented hitters in the game hitting behind a guy, it stands to reason that the pitchers are going to try and get the, the, the gentleman in front of them out more readily. Never is this more apparent than watching the Red Sox play. When J.D. Martinez is coming up, it makes it harder and harder to pitch to Steve Pierce. Right? You get tight. That's what happened with Brian Madsen. He comes in, bases are juiced, and though he was good in the wild card, uh, in the, excuse me, in the, in the DS and in the CS, he was obviously not good in game one. And among the things that we're led to believe, we're led to believe that, again, in baseball, protection, there's no real calculation for it. There's no such thing as protection in a lineup. Now, I'm not sitting here telling you Steve Pierce isn't a good hitter. He had 11 home runs this year. Good for him. His on base was 394. That's excellent. Um, even if you look at his slugging, 507, like he's a damn good player. You couldn't pick him out of a lineup. If I said J.D. Martinez, could you pick him out? You mean J.D. Martinez who hit 43 home runs and 130 RBI? Of course you could. And so too can Ryan Matson. So Ryan Matson comes out of the pen and throws four balls that aren't even really close. And we're supposed to believe that it only had to do with the fact that Ryan Matson threw four balls because the numbers tell you that Matson was the best guy to go to. My eyes can tell me that he was tight. And oh yeah, by the way, my senses, my spidey senses and my reasonable analysis of a human being can tell you, tell me that when JD Martinez is in the on deck circle, and by the way, you, you couple it with the pressure of the moment, 
The fact that you're in the fifth inning and you might not be able to win a game in the fifth inning, but you can sure as hell lose it. And that's what felt like happened to the Dodgers. When you come in and you see J.D. Martinez, it's going to make you tight. You factor in the fact that he pitched poorly the night before and it's the World Series. And look, he might have had a really good couple of series, and but that com- has gone out the window. Matson's lost his confidence, but his skipper hasn't lost his confidence in the book or whoever is advising him. This robotic effect to Dave Roberts going back to the well, thinking he was the right guy because he was the right guy before because the numbers told him he was the right guy. The whole idea that analytics is trying to tell me that human beings aren't human beings, that they won't react adversely to different conditions and different times. That, that's the magic to Derek Jeter, right? Derek Jeter's batting average is essentially the same in the postseason as it was in the regular season. But Derek Jeter is a one in a million shot. Most guys are like Ryan Matson. You have good days, you have bad days, you got a good streak going, then all of a sudden you pitch poorly, and now you're tight. And, oh yeah, by the way, J.D. Martinez is on deck, and you poop the bed. You know? How how does does analytics explain Clayton Kershaw? It can't. It can't. It It used to say, well, you know, in the seventh inning, once his pitch count gets up, that was the explanation. And now they'll sit there and say, well, you know, he's down several miles an hour. But the fact is that Clayton Kershaw has been Clayton Manning. He, he's been like a 500 pitcher in the postseason after being the most dominant regular season pitcher we've ever seen. Now, I'm not telling you that there aren't other factors. I mean, Clayton Kershaw, in those years in which he fell apart against the Cardinals in the seventh inning, he was pitching over 220 innings in the regular season. He was carrying his team. They wouldn't have been there without him. But the fact is that analytics don't really account for that. The wear and tear and just pressure of a season and then all of a sudden a postseason and the weather kind of changes. Sure, they have splits. Sure, they have what you pitch in certain weather. But you can't account for pressure of the moment combined with fatigue, combined with who's in the on-deck circle, combined with the, the umpire who may or may not on a given day have a high or low strike zone. I know that there are some individual calculations, but factor it all together and you don't have that. And then some of it is just this. The Dodgers can use analytics all you want. It's not like the Red Sox don't use it. Although Joey Cora seems to be a witch and have a way of figuring out. Did I say Joey? I did it again. Alex Cora seems to have a way with finding every right move to make. Does. I didn't think he should take out Joe Kelly in the first game, but he did. But he seems to have this just magical wand effect. It's not like the Red Sox don't use it. But, but the Dodgers getting cute with who they're going to put in their lineup on a given night just tells you that they, they kind of know what the rest of us already figured. The Red Sox are the better team. And the way they think they can win is by being cute, by using some sort of numerical long-range formula that ultimately will work out but doesn't play in a seven-game series. I'm not telling you anything you didn't know, but if you didn't know, the Red Sox are clearly better than the Dodgers The Dodgers haven't even played well, but it doesn't seem to matter because the Dodgers are so tied to analytics, they can't get out of their own way. And it's taken some of the best players off the field and made some poor pitching decisions. 
here's Dave Roberts on his decision to go back to Ryan Madsen for a second consecutive night. For me, right there, I have a decision to make to give Rue a chance to get out of that spot and, and face Pierce or go with a guy that I know matches up really well. Hasn't seen much of him. Saw him the night prior, but I just felt that, again, Madsen was the right guy to get us out of that. And, and that was the difference in the game right there. You know, you talk about things uh, before the game happens, and I just felt, again, Madsen was the right guy in that spot. And he's going to die, and he's going he's going to die on that hill, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again. He was the right guy. He didn't throw a strike, Dave. He didn't throw a strike, and excuse me, he threw one, but the four that were balls. Um, and and look, I, I, you could even go with the shrinking strike zone theory, right? Like in big moments on the road, you know, on the road, especially in Fenway, that strike zone shrinks. But the idea, all the balls were in the same spot. Hey, make an adjustment here. I know you want to be perfect against these guys, but you got JD freaking Martinez behind him. You got to throw strikes. I mean, this is no different baseball, just like basketball and football. It does come down to the basics that you teach your kids when they're, when they're little, right? Like, um, my new house, we have a, we have a, we have a backyard in which we haven't had in California. We got grass and everything. Whoa. And so last night for the first time, my son and I played catch in our new backyard. It's got new sod kind of down. It still hasn't taken in, but we measured off and he pitches, depending on the league, 44, 46 feet. And he's nine and he knows how to throw a little bit of a curveball, a little bit of a slider. We prefer him to throw a changeup, but he wants to throw all the stuff. And I said, hey, dude, nobody's going to let you pitch unless you can go out there and throw strikes. If you throw strikes and they wail away on it and no coach is going to be mad at you. You know, just throw strikes. If you just throw strikes, you're going to be better off. You're going to pitch more often. And then you, you get up 0-2, and then you can fool around and throw a curveball, which ends up being like a changeup that doesn't move. And that's no different than when Matson comes in. Whatever you do, just throw strikes. But, but I, I don't blame Matson for not having personal confidence in the moment. Coming off a game he didn't pitch well against a guy who's seen him. Roberts, by the way, contradicts himself. Well, you know, he hasn't really seen him. He did see him in game one, though. And as we talked about yesterday with Matt Holliday, seeing a guy for a second time in two days does make you at least feel better about that approach. He entered the game in game one, bottom of the fifth, gave up two runs after a walk, a fielder's choice, and a single. Entered the game, game two, bottom of the fifth, gave up three runs. He walked the first batter Pierce he saw, and then, of course, he saw J.D. Martinez on a single. So, I, I don't, whatever the numbers tell you, right? you want to tell me it's an anomaly? Hey, the numbers told me, the numbers told me. I call it pressure. Pressure makes anyone perform differently. It does. Have you ever had a camera put in your face when you're at a sporting event? And you go back, you're like, man, I acted like a complete idiot. Why was that? A little bit of pressure. Some people can't handle the pressure of public speaking. Right? They get up there and they have a time limit. They have microphone. They have a light in their face. It doesn't even matter that Ryan Matson has shown he can pitch under pressure in the DS and the CS. The fact is, for whatever reason in the World Series, especially when J.D. Martinez is on deck, he hasn't felt, fared well. And Dave Roberts, 
you know, trying the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. We know what that's the definition of. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's bring in A.J. Pruszynski, a World Series champion, MLB on Fox analyst. Game three tomorrow night, Chavez Ravine, Fox Major League uh, MLB pregame starts at 7.30. The game is at 8. That's 8 Eastern time, 5 Pacific. Red Sox, Dodgers, and not elimination game, but must win time now. AJ, what, what's your assessment of Dave Roberts managing to this point? He's done what he's done all year, uh, and it's tough, man. It's tough to to look guys in the face and say, "Hey, guess what? You, Cody Bellinger, Max Muncy, these guys, Jock Peterson, say you're not going to play the first two games. You're not going to start the first two games of the World Series. And those are some of your best players, and they've been there for you all year. And I know they've done it all year, but I'm a big believer, and you go with your best nine, especially in crunch time, and he hasn't done it and hasn't worked the first two games, but now they get to go home to L.A. and we'll see what happens. But I heard you talking about Ryan Matson. I mean, that's one of the problems with all this bullpenning that everyone's so in love with is all it takes is one guy to have an off night and it screws up the whole thing. Yeah, and I liken it to surgery, right? Like, more times you go in, the more times something, something can go wrong. Um, and I also think that, that, that while all that statistical data is great, different guys react differently to different levels of pressure and – I mean, you could tell in game one he wasn't right. I'm watching him in game two. I'm like, dude, this guy has no confidence. I just, I don't really, I don't really understand. Is, is this what Dave Roberts wants to do, or is this what he was hired to do? And so that's why he's doing it. <laughs> You're going to have to ask uh, Andrew Friedman that. Isn't he the, uh, the president of baseball ops over there at the Dodger land? Um, I don't know. I think it's what he's done. Now, was he hired because he'd say he would do this? I, I would he probably had to say okay to whatever they wanted because he was a young guy with no experience. So, um, But does he want to do it? I think he's had enough success with it that he believes in it now. Um, but, man, that, that, does he want to do this? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he wished Kershaw and, and Ryu would go out there and give him nine solid innings and he didn't have to worry about it, but that hasn't happened, and the Dodgers haven't followed that philosophy for the last two postseasons we've seen now. A.J. Pruszynski joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. What about the idea that, hey, the Red Sox are just better? Is that, is that a fair explanation for what's happened? I can't argue with that. Yes, there's been some questionable moves. But, yeah, at the end of the day, I think you look 1 through 25, the Red Sox have a better team. I mean, their lineup has done what they've done all year, and that's hit. They're, they just You know what the Red Sox have? They have guys that get big hits. Forget the numbers. I know J.D. Martinez, Mookie Betts is probably the, the most valuable player in the American League, but they got guys that just get big hits in big situations. You give me 25 guys that get big hits, and they're not, may not be the biggest names, but I'll take those 25 guys and go to battle every time. How do you explain the two-out the two out rallies they've had, the fact that they've dominated with two outs? That's, that's my point. There you go. They've got guys that get big hits, and they want to be up in those situations. There's a, there's a huge difference between having guys that say, oh, yeah, I want to be the man, I want to be the man, I want to be the man, and then having guys that actually want to be the man. And you got a couple, you got nine guys on the Boston Red Sox. I played with a bunch of those guys. Ian Kinsler I played with, Mitch Moreland I played with, Mookie Betts, Sander Bogarts. Uh, all these guys I, were guys that I played with somewhere along in my career. And these guys all thrive in that, under those pressure situations. They want to be up in those situations. And there's a huge difference. you, you got to want to be up in those situations. And until you – step into the box and you can accept that, Hey, I might make an out right here, but I want, the, I want the pressure on me. Then you can kind of own it. And the Red Sox have those guys. And it is, it is tough to beat a team of those guys. I'm not saying the Dodgers guys aren't like that, 
But to me, if you look at the way the Red Sox are playing, the confidence they have and the way they go about it, man, they want to be up in those big situations. What's changed with Craig Kimbrell? Well, he was tipping pitches, wasn't he? That's what everyone was saying. Yeah. Is, that, that, is, is it that simple? No. Is it something when he holds his arm out to the right-hand side, if he holds it at a certain angle, is it a certain pitch? Like that, that whole peering in thing is odd. Like when was he tipping pitches? They said when he was, I think when he was bringing his glove up is what they were saying, but I don't know. I mean, geez, if it was that simple, I mean, everybody would have hit him all year because trust me, there's cameras on everything you do. So uh, I don't know. He, he was off on this fastball. First of all, the, the uh, Astros did a great job of laying off some really good pitches. They didn't swing at his breaking ball. If you watch those games and you notice in those games, they did not swing at a breaking ball. So did they know they were coming? Maybe. Were they guessing in counts? Maybe. Um Excuse me. Were they great hitters? Yes. And did they lay off a lot of good pitches? Yes. So they also had a dude. They also had a dude in the camera well who was uh, he was well, he was he yeah. was making sure that they weren't they, they weren't stealing signs. Right. That that's yeah, what, exactly. that's what we're doing. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, but hey, MLB cleared them, so obviously they were doing no wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love <laughs> how they cleared. Like I love how they cleared him and then said, "But no one else can do that ever again." It, there's nothing wrong with what he did, but we're not going to do that ever again. Well, you know, they gotta they got to make sure that everyone understands that they shouldn't do that again and that they weren't doing anything wrong. He just had an investigation in two days to make sure that he was just making sure that the Red Sox weren't stealing signs. It was, it was an interesting play by MLB, but I think everyone in all parties was satisfied with the result. Uh, because the Red Sox won the series. Are, are, the, are the Dodgers dead? I don't think they are. I just don't. I think they're going to they're gonna find a way in L.A. Um, the cold... The Fenway Park is a different animal. Until you've played a playoff game, and if you look at the the Dodgers roster, they don't have a bunch of guys that have ever played there. There wasn't a ton of guys that have played the outfield there. They haven't been in games there. Kershaw had never pitched there. I mean, there is some major factors and some major different things. The way you warm up there is different than any other park. The way you play the outfield and play the infield and and move around, and the dugouts are weird. It's just a different atmosphere. And until you've been there and you've played in the, that place, you cannot tell someone. It would be like, like Doug, you play college basketball. It would be like first time you went to, say, Kansas, and just has a, the court's the same, everything's the same, but something's just a little bit off. That's Fenway Park. Yeah, I would also say, and you tell me if I'm, I'm wrong, like, look, if you're, you're a Dodger, and I live in Southern California, but I've, I've lived back east, like, you're a Dodger, that means 82 home games a year, you got perfect weather. Right, that, and that then is correct. and then and then of your road games, San Francisco can get a little chilly, um, but outside of that, in division, uh, and and maybe if you play in Colorado earlier or late in the year, outside of that, you're playing in perfect weather or in domes. You probably play twenty games. It's a sp- summer sport. You're playing twenty games all year, at most, where it's below sixty-five degrees, sixty degrees. Right? Yeah, well, and, the, the stat they had the other night where Clayton Kershaw had only pitched one game under 50 degrees. Heck, when I was in Chicago, we played three months under 50 degrees. So, right. I, so I mean, and it, it is, wasn't and, a big And deal. it is different. Like, I tell people this all the time. The coldest day in the United States is 50 degrees in Newport Beach. Like, because you're just yeah. not used to it. And if you're it's right. 20 degrees below what you're used to, you're like, oh, my God, I, this is the coldest I've ever felt. And well, so like San Francisco. It, you, go, you go to San Francisco, it's like that. It's It's crazy how cold and how chilly and just san francisco i mean middle of august and it's 70 70 degrees high and 50 cloud and and foggy at night i mean it feels like you're in the frozen tundra aj Przinski joining us on the doug gottlieb show on fox sports radio um give me your sense of of walker bueller 
and uh, the likelihood that he steps up and doesn't just pitch well, but can get out of, say, the fifth inning where they haven't gotten, you know, one starter goes four and one starter goes five so far. They don't want him. They don't, do they want him to go to the fifth inning? That would be my question. Do they really want him to go to the fifth inning? Because they could have gotten guys through the fifth inning. Ryu could have got through the fifth inning last night if they really wanted him to, but that's not the way the Dodgers play. They don't, they don't care if they get through the fifth inning. They just, they just want guys to get them to their bullpen as fast as they can. That's, that's the Dodgers baseball. That's just the way it is. So I don't know. Do they even really want him to go to the fifth inning? I, if he, he could, he's got the stuff. That guy is nasty. I mean, that guy's stuff is as good as anybody's stuff I've seen this year. So could he do it? Yeah. Could he go out and pitch great and have a Rich Hill situation from last year where Rich Hill was dealing in the fifth inning and they took him out just because the computer said to take him out? Absolutely. So do they want him to get through the fifth inning? If they do, he will. And if they don't, then they'll make their decision and they'll live with it. It, 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 I was talking about this with my producer. If you're a millennial, it's really hard for people to understand how how bad the Red Sox were or how they couldn't get over the hump. It was 86 years. And and now you got all these, you know, you, you get the, the good thing about the Red Sox invading Dodger Stadium is they're all so polite and none of them are arrogant at all, right? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so, funny. People used to ask me all the time who the worst fans were, and I used to always say, you know what, they were the Yankee fans. And then the Red Sox won. And then it all changed. It was like, man, you guys used to be so nice because you guys had never won. And then all of a sudden you guys win and you're not so nice anymore. What happened to that niceness you guys used to have? It used to be like, ah, you know, they're Boston, they're fine. But, man, you go to Yankee Stadium, they'd be all over you. And then as soon as the Red Sox won in 04, it completely changed. And now it's just they they win all the time. Now it's just a given. Hey, the Patriots are going to win and the Red Sox are going to win. But the, the Patriots were bad for a long time and the Red Sox were worse for even longer. And it's hard sure. to explain to somebody. Like, trust me, this is like the, when the Saints won the Super Bowl. You're like, you know, it was like ten years ago. They used to wear ba- paper bags over their heads. Be like, no way. Like, yeah, the Saints were the Saints were what the Browns have been the last five years. But they were that way for twenty five years. You're right. You're right. Um, and the Red Sox were like that forever. Um, so yeah, it's amazing how certain people have come in. Heck, look at the Cubs. The Cubs are the same way now. The Cubs are America's darling. I mean, they 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 win. They once they won. I mean, man, it's like everyone just assumes they win every year now. But it's not that easy, especially in baseball. But it, it is good for the game, though, I think. I think it's good for the Red Sox to be good. It's good for the Yankees to be good. I know people will get tired of seeing them, but, man, people tune in to watch those series. What's, uh, you mentioned that, that Fenway's tricky. What's Dodger Stadium like? Very fair. Um, not, that, not, a, not a great place to hit. The games are at 5 o'clock. The shadows are going to be tough. Um, it's very fair if the marine layer is there, as you know, being out in L.A. It can be a little difficult to get the ball out of the park, but um, it is very fair. It's, it's definitely one of the most fair ballparks for a pitcher in all of baseball. And with the, 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 the game trending towards offense and home runs, Dodger Stadium is very fair, and it gives up home runs that should be home runs. And hopefully the people arrive on time because Dodger Stadium has a reputation of guys showing up a little bit later, the fans. Um, but they'll be out in full force and they'll be loud and they'll be behind their team. But Dodger Stadium is always a fun place because you know it's going to be 70 and sunny every game. So, so uh, very fair to people who don't, don't know the baseball lingo. That's like, like New Yankee Stadium where you hit a little dink up in the air in right center and it goes out. That, that's the opposite <laughs> of being very fair, right? I'm, I'm just trying yeah, to give yeah. the... Very fair means you have to hit a home run to hit a home run. Um, it, it actually, uh, to be honest with you, I think that if anything... Dodger Stadium is a pitcher's park over – not quite to the fact that, like, AT&T up in San Fran is a pitcher's park, but yeah. it, is, it definitely leans more towards pitching than it does towards hitting. 
AJ, great stuff. Look forward to seeing you on Fox this upcoming weekend. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. AJ Przinsky joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Quote, some players told uh, Vic Tafer of The Athletic, the way Gruden handled the trades has them questioning the coach's, quote, accountability. When what you say and what you do are two different things, there's a problem, one player said. Veteran players who spoke with Tafer indicated that they don't believe Gruden when he says he's not tanking in 2018. You have to wonder if we haven't been playing for draft picks all along, one player said, despite everything the coaches told us at training camp. Another player described the Mac deal as a stiff jab, but the Cooper trade as a knockout punch because the players were blindsided by it coming out of a bye. We didn't want to believe it was coming, and Coach says we weren't going to trade him, the veteran said. He actually didn't say he wasn't going to trade him. And part of the reason they didn't think they were going to make the Cleo Mack trade, and part of the reason they didn't think they were going to make an Amari Cooper trade was no one believed that someone would give him a first-round pick and take Amari Cooper's entire contract off his hands. People didn't believe that anybody would offer two first-round picks for Cleo Mack and then give him the biggest contract in the history of the league at his position. But they did. This is a lot like when you ask a coach after a big game. I had on, uh, was it Jeff Brom earlier this week from, from Purdue? I'm not going to ask him about Louisville. Louisville's coaching, Louisville's position is not open. He played there. It is not open. And oh yeah, by the way, as of right now, they owe Petrino a lot of money. They're still on the hook with a lawsuit with Patino for a lot of money. So I was to ask him first, it's unfair. He's still got games to be played. Second, like he may answer the question. No, I'm, I'm, I'm in on, on Purdue. But by the end of the season, he may see that, you know, there's just a ceiling to this program. And oh yeah, by the way, whatever money is out there that he feels like Louisville doesn't, Louisville doesn't have now, they may get out of the Patino deal. They may get out of the Petrino deal. They may have FU money to throw at him, and that may change everything. Sometimes it depends when you ask a guy. But the biggest thing is we're so, we're so concerned about play, coaches losing a locker room. What if you lose a locker room that you didn't want to keep to begin with? Right? He can't tell you they're tanking. He can't tell his own players, hey, we're tanking. The first rule of tank club, John Ramos, is don't talk about Tank Club. The second rule of Tank Club, Ryan Music, is... You do not talk about Tank Club. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Troy Aikman, uh, Hall of Famer from the Dallas Cowboys, three-time Super Bowl winning quarterback, joins us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Troy, thanks so much for taking time. Um... I think Brock's going to handle tonight going back to Houston, a team that signed him as a free agent, but jettisoned him after it, it clearly didn't work. Yeah, I think he's downplayed, you know, what it means to come back here to Houston and whatever the relationship was or wasn't with, with him and Bill O'Brien. But if you're any kind of competitor, as you well know, to come back here and, and where you, you know, basically got jettisoned after one season, you want to put on a, a great performance. It's going to be a challenge for him. They're, they're pretty beat up uh, the wide receiver position after last week's game against the Lions, and then they're facing a defense that has played exceptionally well. I don't think the, the numbers really tell the whole story about about that defense and, and how they're going to handle 
you know, Jadavion Clowney and, and J.J. Watt is anybody's guess. Nobody really has been able to do that. So this will be, uh, be a real challenge not only for Brock Osweiler coming and play well, but for the entire uh, Dolphins team. No question. Now, they do have one guy you can count on. That's Frank Gore, who didn't you guys come out of school the same year? It, f- it feels that way, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, we've been watching. He's pretty remarkable, you know. I mean, uh, when you look at what he's been able to do at his age, and and I, you know, in getting ready for this game and studying him, uh, he looks like the same guy to me. I'm sure he doesn't, you know, run quite as well. And uh, you know, when, for those that don't really know a lot about Frank Gore, his career essentially, most people thought it was over before it ever got started, uh, blowing out, you know, both ACLs in college. And he's been uh, he's been a fun guy to watch for a lot of years. How is that possible? I guess here's here's a question. Um, he's never been the best running back in the league. He's probably never been the second or even third best running back in the league. But I, I think he's got, Mike, 8,000-yard seasons. Um, just kind of the picture of consistency. Is that worthy of getting into the Hall of Fame? Well, he's certainly in the argument. Uh, I think someone could, could make a case for why he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And, and then when you look at his numbers... Uh, granted, he's played a long time, but when you look at his numbers relative to a lot of running backs that are in the Hall of Fame, uh, it stands to reason that he has a good chance to get in. And I think probably the, the, the most remarkable thing to me for a guy who's taken the punishment that he takes, and at his age, he, he has not missed a game uh, since 2011. That's uh, unbelievable. So That's he, unbelievable. He, he, yeah, I mean, he's been durable and in a league where – you know, guys get injured all the time. Uh, he he's been there. He's I loved him when he was in San Francisco, and I, I like him now that he's in Miami as well. All right, here's a hard question to ask, but you're the perfect guy to, to ask. You were on great teams. You went to the. You're in the Hall of Fame. You're six time Pro Bowl. You're Super Bowl MVP, right? But when people look at your stats, and then they look at, you know, Pat Mahomes' stats, they're like, well, this guy's. But the sport has changed so right. dramatically, right? The between and not just a quarterback, everything you can block further down the line of scrimmage uh, than you used to be able. Pick plays—they almost never call a pick play, um, you know, in a game. And then you can't touch wide receivers, and so it's be- and right. more plays, more yards. So how should what's the proper way for us, the fan? When you watch a quarterback, it's totally different. But for us, the fan, we're so trained to look at that box score. We see three hundred yards, and and we're like, oh, he had a good game. How do we know if a guy had a good game? Well, I, I think that I, I think it's the eyeball test. I, I don't think it's a matter of uh, seeing uh, seeing numbers and all that. Um, as far as you know, what's going on when you go back afterwards, you look at a box score and say, "Well, this guy." I, I think you can watch a game and know whether a guy's playing well. I I think the argument that that you know, well, hey, this guy should be uh, awarded this because look at his numbers compared to someone else's. I, I I've never thought that that really meant much of anything it's just not the way the game's played and so i think when you look back at the 70s with roger staubach when he left the game he was the the number one uh, rated quarterback of all time and it was in the it was in the low 80s and and now if you're not in the mid 90s you're you're essentially not playing the the position very effectively and so uh, a lot has changed i think it's been exciting this year especially with with the emphasis on you know, illegal contact and things like that down the field. Scoring is up. I think that's what fans want. At least that's what they they claim to want, and that's uh, what the, the the studies suggest. And that's why the league has had some of the rules that they've had. But I, I think that most fans, if not all fans, can can watch a game and, and watch a quarterback and have a pretty good idea as to whether or not that guy had a good performance. Not so much with other positions. There's a reason why 
you always hear coaches say, hey, we've got to go back and look at the film. And, and, and I think there's a lot of truth to that. It's, it's hard to see it all in real time. But I, I don't know that that's the case with quarterbacks. Fill the void with the No World Series tonight. You don't need to change the channel from Fox last night. you got Dolphins, Texans, Thursday Night Football, Troy Aikman, Joe Buck. Uh, I'm sure he's got his own kind of private Fox Air, Fox Jet. He'll be, he'll, be, he'll be alongside. Coverage begins 7.30 Eastern Time, 4.30 Pacific, doing yeoman's work. Um, he claims that you're in better shape now than you were when you played. That's what he told us. <laughs> well, that might be true. And, and, I, and uh, you know, I, I think when you start making those kinds of statements then basically what you're saying is you've gotten old i mean you don't you, you, you don't hear 25 year olds saying hey i'm in the best shape of my life so i think my training is much different um than what it was as a player and and quite honestly you know i was i trained hard when i was in when i was playing as well but i, I wish that i had done I, I retired doug when i did primarily because of uh, a bad back a lot of people think it's because of head injuries but my back was giving me a lot of problems and I hired a trainer five years into retirement because my back was still bothering me, and I've been back pain-free for now over 10 years, and uh, I, I feel better. My diet's better. I, I wish I w- had known about this guy and was doing some of these things back when I was playing, but you know, when you brought up what we see today from these quarterbacks and the numbers, the other part of that also is you know, Tom Brady certainly has gotten behind wellness, but we're seeing guys like Patrick Mahomes who come in very early in their careers, and they are already, you know, following a strict regimen. They, they, they're a corporation essentially amongst themselves where they have a whole support staff to make sure that they're doing all the right things to, to get themselves ready and preserve their careers. And, and so we're going to see quarterbacks playing for a long, long time. It's, it's going it's gonna, to, it's not going to be abnormal to see quarterbacks playing into their 40s. Uh, it's pretty, ama- it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I, it, it, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty amazing, though, that the, we we get to like forty, and now all of a sudden we discover like yoga. We're like, man, why didn't I do this when I played? <laughs> I know, I know, and I and I hey, I've discovered yoga as well. <laughs> you bring that up, so you know a lot of things. I think when you get older, and your listeners can can certainly relate that you know things start hurting and breaking down, and then then that's usually when they start drawing attention, and you try to fix it, but. Uh, these these guys today, the athletes anyway, they're they're taking much better care of themselves at much earlier ages. You did an amazing job in the draft. I just loved your level of investment in it, and and so uh, that that same level of evaluation. When you see Deshaun Watson, who's banged up, I mean, he had to take a had to take like a, a bus or a van because they were worried about him flying, and then he plays on the road. I, obviously, nobody's questioning this kid's toughness, but can can he be durable enough? Considering the style he plays, the two ACL injuries he's had, and the beating he's taken, like what's your assessment of Deshaun Watson and what the likelihood is that, that he withstands this season considering the injuries and the durability? Well, it's a great question. And, uh, you know, we are seeing quarterbacks run the football more, more designed runs with the quarterbacks than, than we've ever seen before. Uh, or the league's not protecting these guys as, uh, as, as much as, as they once did. And, and yet, I still believe that you got to be real careful when you're when a, when a guy's absorbing the amount of hits that someone like Deshaun Watson has taken. It's already taken a toll. Uh, like you said, he had to take a bus to last week's game because he's got a broken rib or a punctured lung and and uh, you know everything else. So um, he is tough. You're right, but he's taken way too many hits. Some of that is the offensive line has really struggled. Some of it's his own doing that he's just held the ball and you know he needs to be a little bit better in knowing when to get rid of it and not getting hit as much. Uh, but if he continues to get hit the way that he has, 
you know, then you start saying he's going to have a real hard time making it through the season. And, and, and I don't think he's back to where he was last year prior to the injury. He's coming, you know, obviously coming off the knee, like you said, but then also just playing through a great deal of pain. But what a talent he is. And I'm excited about watching him play tonight. I'm excited to, hear, to, to see you break him down. Last thing, Amari Cooper traded to the Dallas Cowboys. I know everybody asks you Cowboys question. Does Is he enough? Does he fix the offense, which at times has been inept, causing Jason Garrett to be a little bit more conservative than I think even Garrett wants to be? Well, I think he's he's got to help him in, in, in some way. I mean, you take a guy with his abilities, uh, it stands to reason that they'll be better with him. But I don't think it's just a situation where you put him in and all of a sudden you're off and rolling. I you know, it's different than when Chicago brings in Khalil Mack and you bring in a pass rusher or you bring in a running back and, and those positions in a lot of ways are kind of plug and play and that's not the case with wide receiver. I, I, I've had receivers who I've spent very little time with who immediately you're on the same page and, and they, they run routes, they're very quarterback friendly and I've had other receivers who I've spent a lot of time with an entire off season and preseason and you never feel like you're on the same page just because of the way they do things. So I don't know how that chemistry is going to, going to work out. They do have a bye week this week, but I don't know how it's going to work out over the course of the season between, between he and Dak. But there, there are more problems with that, with that offense than simply saying, hey, we need a number one go-to wide receiver. Right? You know, the offensive line has not been, you know, it's been said, but they are not what they were a couple years ago. Some of that's Travis Frederick not playing, but even the others who have been in the lineup are not playing at the same level. And Dak's been taking a lot of pressure and, and then also uh, when they've had the protection and guys have been open, then you know maybe Dak misses the throw. So there, there's a lot of variables in this. I, I'm a little hesitant to say that that Amari Cooper's presence is going to change uh, what they've shown us up to this point offensively. Great stuff. The Hall of Famer Troy Aikman, remember to fill that void with no no World Series game tonight, but keep it on Fox. Dolphins, Texans, Joe Buck on the call with Troy Aikman. Coverage starts 7.30 Eastern time, 4.30 Pacific on Fox. Namaste, Troy. Thanks for joining us. You got it, Doug. Hey, thanks, buddy. All right, that's uh, Troy Aikman joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a and e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote this is malcolm gladwell from revisionist history ebay motors is here for the ride with some elbow grease 
fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. 